for the church a day when you enter into a new chapter in, in your journey together as a church family. And this morning, I just want to give you a, a short word of challenge uh, before we, we have a time of installation. The challenge to, to keep in focus the critical question of what's it all about. Uh, the other night, my boys and I were, were sitting at Wendy's, and uh, there was a family that had come in behind us, and, and they got their order, and they went and they sat down on the other side of the restaurant. And no sooner had they sat down than the, the dad got up, and his dad, or maybe grandpa, because he, he was an older guy, and, and he got up, and he starts walking across the restaurant. And he gets halfway across, and he points to the, the workers behind the counter, and he begins to say, you guys need to get it together. I'm supposed to have two Frosties, and there's only one. Everybody in the restaurant is just kind of sitting there looking at each other. My boys are laughing. They thought it was hilarious. And I thought, man, you're like 60 years old. A Frosty really should not be that important to your life right now. You know what I'm saying? And I just sat for a moment and I thought, what was that all about? I mean, there had to be more there than just an issue with a Frosty. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of times in life when I watch people and I think, what was that all about? Sometimes I look at my boys. I have two boys that can argue about the dumbest things in the history of the world. And I think, what is that all about? And sometimes I walk away from a church and I think, what was that all about? And I'm not being self-righteous or, or judgmental because I am sure that there are a lot of times that, that people look at me and, and things that I say or do, and they walk away thinking, what was that all about? You know, it's a question that we often ask, but typically we just kind of leave that, that question hanging. But I think it's a critical question. <laughs> when you get beyond the surface and you get down to it, what's it really all about and, and I think as a church if you're ever going to be what you are called to be if you're ever going to carry out what God has for you you have got to wrestle with that question and keep it in focus what's it all about beyond all the surface stuff that calls for our attention when we get down to the heart of things What's it all about? I want us to think for a few moments uh, and take a look here at some people that I think lost sight of that. I want you to look with me to the Gospel of John in chapter 3. John chapter 3 and verse 22. Then Jesus and his disciples left Jerusalem and went into the Judean countryside. Jesus spent some time there baptizing people. At this time, John the Baptist was baptizing near Ainon, near Salem, because there was plenty of water there, and people kept coming to him for baptism. 
This was before John was thrown into prison. A debate broke out between John's disciples and a certain Jew over ceremonial cleansing. So John's disciples came to him and said, Rabbi, the man you met on the other side of the Jordan River, the one you identified as the Messiah, is also baptizing people. And everybody is going to him instead of coming to us. John replied, No one can receive anything unless God gives it from heaven. You yourselves know how plainly I told you I am not the Messiah. I am only here to prepare the way for him. It is the bridegroom who marries the bride, and the best man is simply glad to stand with him and hear his vows. Therefore, I am filled with joy at his success. He must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. There's something about this story, there's something about this passage that seems uh, disjointed, that, that doesn't make sense. Uh, we see John the Baptist, and, and he, we're told that he's baptizing, and that part makes sense. I mean, if your name is John the Baptist, we expect that he's going to be baptizing. So he's out there doing what his name implies. But then out of the blue, we have this statement about this debate that breaks out. That, that some of John's disciples get into an argument with somebody over all things ceremonial cleansing, ceremonial washing. And then we go to the very next verse where these disciples who have been in this big debate about ceremonial cleansing, they go back to John, and we would expect some kind of follow-up here. We would expect some kind of discussion or a resolution about this debate. Because after all, we were just told there's this big debate that happens. And so they go to their teacher, they go to John, and we would expect that there is some kind of follow-up here or explanation about what was going on, but there isn't. The issue is totally dropped. And when those disciples get back to John, what is it they start to talk about? They say, teacher, you know that other guy? The one you talked about, Jesus? He, he's baptizing people too. And you know what? Everybody's starting to go to him instead of to us. Now, in the verse before that, we, we have this big debate going on with some certain Jew about ceremonial cleansing and then all of a sudden in the very next verse they're coming to John saying John we don't know about this Jesus guy everybody's going to him instead of to us and we think well, is something missing here did, did some verses get dropped there's no explanation as to, to why that debate was there and all of a sudden we're talking about Jesus now are we missing something here because that seems totally disconnected Or maybe, maybe they're not disconnected at all. Maybe their issue all along was the fact that Jesus was getting more attention than they were. And maybe the real issue of their debate 
wasn't ceremonial cleansing. Maybe the issue of the debate wasn't the real issue. Maybe all along their real concern was the fact that Jesus was now getting more attention than their group was. And they didn't like the fact that somebody else now seemed to be in control. And you know, when you start to feel unimportant and you start to feel like you're not in control and you start to feel like you're no longer the center of attention like you were, one of the easiest ways to get that back is to stir up some kind of debate, some kind of conflict, some kind of controversy because that brings the spotlight back to you. That makes you feel important. That makes you feel like you have some kind of control. So could it be that the whole debate about ceremonial cleansing really had absolutely nothing to do with ceremonial cleansing? Maybe the real issue all along was the fact that they were upset because now Jesus was getting more attention than they were getting, and so they enter into some kind of controversy and conflict and debate in order to get the spotlight back on themselves. You know, one of the things that I've learned in my life is that what we often say is the issue is not really the issue. That when we get down underneath the surface of all of our conflicts and debates and issues and controversies, when we get down to what it's really all about, Many times what we find out is it's not about the stuff we seem to be fighting about. What it's really about is a sense of control, a sense of attention, a sense of feeling important. That's what's going on underneath. And so we end up turning insignificant issues into significant issues in order to have some kind of control. We end up focusing on the things that aren't really all that important because it's a way for us to bring attention to ourselves and to feel like we have some control in shaping this thing. You know, we see it happen all the time, don't we? We see it happen in marriages. We see husbands and wives who are in strife constantly over little everyday things that are insignificant. And the reality is when you get down underneath and you ask the question, what's it all about? It's not really about who's doing the dishes and who's taking the garbage out. It's about something deeper. It's about issues of control and importance and being the center of attention. You see it in the workplace, and let's get honest, we, we see it in the church, don't we? You know what? I, I have never, in my life anyway, I, I have never been a part of or experienced any kind of great church debate or church split that actually involved the fundamentals of the faith. Never have. 
Every great controversy and debate and issue that existed within the church that I have witnessed personally has always been about surface kind of stuff. It has been about style, about preferences, about the way that we worship, about the programs that we have, or, or what color this room is, or, and all that kind of stuff. And you ask the question, what's it all about? Well, maybe... We're just like John's disciples, and when you get down underneath it, what we say is the issue is not the real issue. And when you get down to the heart of things, what really drives it is that sense of control and that desire to be the center of attention, that desire to shape the church the way that we want to so that we are comfortable and so that we feel important. And that's the real issue. And we end up focusing on surface things rather than the things that matter most. We end up losing sight of what it's really all supposed to be about. And we give our energy to the things that we want rather than the things that truly matter. And we invest ourselves trying to make the, the church more comfortable for us and more a reflection of who we are then we give to the mission that God has given to us. What's it all about? How easy it is to lose sight of that question. And, and I want to contrast this morning that spirit of John's disciples with, with the spirit of John the Baptist. John's disciples are all upset and they're all concerned and they're all frustrated because Jesus is getting more attention than they are and that is leading them into all kinds of silly debates and controversies and they go to John just all worked up and upset and what does John say? John says, guys, I've told you all along, I'm not the Messiah. I've told you all along that this is not about me. It is never supposed to be about me. This is all about him. This is all about what God is doing. And because I understand that, you know, I'm filled with joy. I'm filled with joy that people are going to Jesus because that's what it's supposed to be. This is how it's supposed to work. This is what it's all about. I'm filled with joy that Jesus is being lifted up because I understand it's all about him. And he has to become greater and greater. And I have to become less and less. It is never and it will never be about me having control. It will never be about me getting the attention that I want. It's never about me trying to shape this thing and control this show so that it's what I want it to be in a way that makes me comfortable. No. This is about him. Can I say to you this morning, the church, it's all about him. It's all about him. 
you know, we talk about my church, and that's a good thing in a way when you talk about my church. It's good to have that sense of belonging, that sense of connection, that sense of family, that idea of being a part of something that's bigger than yourself. But I want to tell you this morning, sometimes that idea of my church goes too far and we cross a line. And we no longer understand it as my church in the sense of belonging. We understand it as my church in the sense of possession and control. It's my church, and so it should be a church that makes me comfortable. It's my church, and so it should be a church that makes me happy. It's my church, and so it should be done the way that I want it to be done. No. The church was never about you. It's not about me. The church is now and always will be about him. And just like John the Baptist said, this is all about him. It's all about him receiving attention, being the center, being in control. And when I understand that, you know what? I rejoice that he is being lifted up, no matter how that happens. Because he must become greater. And I must become less. It is not about me having control. It is not about the church making me comfortable or making me happy. The church is always about Jesus. It is about what he is doing. It's about his redemptive work in our community and in our world. It's about being a part of that. It's not about having my church. It's about me belonging to his church. Always. And I just want to challenge you today. As you enter into the, this next chapter in the life of your church, the church that you're a part of, remember what it's all about. Keep that question in front of you. What's it all about? It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. It's about what Jesus is doing. It's about his redemptive work in our world. It's about being a part of that always. You know, I, I look at my parents and I've never talked a great deal publicly about my parents and their faith, and, and yet I, I was incredibly blessed to grow up in a Christian home. Incredibly blessed to, to be in the church from, from literally day one of my life. And, and I look at my parents, and you know, they, they grew up in, in the church and understood church in a certain way, and they always did things a certain way, and they always dressed a certain way, and they were used to a certain kind of music in, in church. And, and now they're in their mid-60s. And they're a part of a church that, quite honestly, doesn't do it like they always did it. You know what I mean? 
And, and if I had to go, just getting honest with you, um, if they had a choice, the music probably would be different. It's just not what they're, they would do, you know? Folks dress a little bit different than what they're used to when they were growing up going to church. A lot of things just are, are different than the way they always did it. But you know why I'm proud of my mom and dad? They're there. And you know, every week they give hours of their time going into the church and getting together food that goes to school kids that don't have food over the weekends. They're there and they're giving of themselves and they're part of ministry because they've learned what it's all about. Are there things about that church and the style and the way things are done that they're just not used to and it's not the way they would do it? Absolutely. But they're there and they serve because they understand what it's all about and they believe in what's being done. John the Baptist, he must be greater and I must be less. You want to be a healthy church? You want to see God do some credible things? You got to remember what it's all about and he's got to be greater and we all have to be less. We have to remember what it's all about. And what a great way to live. I mean, you look, at, you look at John's disciples, and they are just living in anxiety. Always caught up in some kind of controversy, always concerned about this or that, living in worry and anxiety, trying to keep control of things. And then you look at John, and he's at peace. It's okay with me. It's never about me to begin with. It's about him. The church, the church that's going to be what God wants it to be is the church that embodies the spirit of John the Baptist that says it's all about him always and forever. It's all about what he's doing we don't control this show. It's not our place to. No, we just want to be a part of what he's doing. I challenge you today. On this great day in the life of the church, remember what it's all about. Remember that he must be greater and we must be less. Lord, today I just thank you for the awesome privilege of being a part of your church. And on this day of, of celebration, I just pray that you will enable this church family to keep in clear focus the critical question, what's it all about? And may they always be able to answer that question as John the Baptist did. It's all about Jesus.
It's all about what he's doing. It's all about his work in the world. And we just want to be a part of it. And yes, it, it may look different than what we would want. It may take us a direction that we had not expected, but that's okay because he must be greater and we must be less. And Lord, I believe that if this church family will embody that spirit, if their hearts will remain surrendered to you, you will do incredible things among them things that go beyond our imagination. And so I pray for them today that all of that will become reality. And I ask it in the name of the one that it's really all about, the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, Mark, if you and your family would come and and stand here this morning, (laughs) No? That's okay. Well, I want to take a, a moment here today to remind you of the sacred relationship that exists between a pastor and his people. In the church, we we don't hire pastors. Uh, That's an employer-employee term. We call pastors, and there is a relationship that exists. And today you enter into a covenant. And with every covenant, there are obligations on both sides. And I begin uh, this morning with the obligations on the pastor's side. And so, Mark, I want to read to you from 1 Peter chapter 5. To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder, a witness of Christ's sufferings, and one who will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, serving as overseers not because you must, but because you are willing as God wants you to be. Today you assume the role of shepherd. And it is your call as a shepherd to feed those under your care, to teach them the truth of God's word faithfully and without compromise. It is your call as shepherd to care for those in this church family, to walk with them uh, through the good and through the bad, as a representative and a reminder of God's presence in their lives and His love and His grace. And as a shepherd, you are called to lead them. In cooperation with with the leadership of this church family, you are called to seek God's vision and to cast God's vision and to lead the way and to remind them always what it's all about, that it's about Jesus. And so I ask you this morning, will you accept those responsibilities as shepherd of this church family? I'm going to ask the congregation, would you now stand? And there are obligations that fall on your side of this covenant, of this side of the relationship as well. And I want to read to you from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 
Now we ask you, brothers, to respect those who work hard among you, who are over you in the Lord and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard and love because of their work. You are called today as a church family to hold up your pastor and his family in love, to make them a part of your prayers, to love and to encourage them constantly. It's not just a nice idea. It is the command of God's word. Love them. Pray for them. And more than that, you are called to respect his leadership. That's what the word says. Respect those who are over you and who work hard among you. You are to be a positive support to him. And you are called to receive with an open heart whatever God has laid upon his heart. And I'm going to ask you today, as a church family, will you commit yourselves to that? Will you accept the obligations on your side of the covenant? If so, answer, we will. I'm going to ask board members, those of you that are here this morning, would you come and just gather around Mark and Sue and the boys? And lay hands on them as we pray together. Heavenly Father, you have led us uh, to this moment in your will, in your providence. You who have brought this family together. And I thank you today for, for Pastor Mark, and I thank you for the call that you've placed upon his life, for the gifts that you have given to him. And I believe that you have called him here to this place for this time. And we pray that you would give him strength and wisdom. We pray that you would fill his heart and his mind with your vision for this church. Lord, encourage him. Help him to keep his eyes on the things that matter most, the things that are most important. Lord, I pray for Sue as she serves alongside of him. Lord, would you... Just make her a source of encouragement and, and would you at the same time encourage her heart? And Lord, just make her a blessing to this church family as I, I know she wants to be. We pray for Christopher and Levi and knowledge. Lord, may they grow strong in the knowledge of you. May they grow in their love for you. I pray that they will be nurtured and loved and cared for within this church family in a way that truly helps them to understand your grace. And Lord, I, I pray for this church as a whole, that together they will embody a spirit uh, of unity, united together in love and in purpose, remembering always what it's about with you at the center. And I pray that together they will move forward in the power of your spirit. I pray that together they will become instruments of your grace in this community and that incredible things will happen among them and through them. 
Today, would you bless this relationship of pastor and people? Make it healthy. Make it strong. Make it effective for the sake of your kingdom. And Lord, we ask this all today with a sense of humility and a sense of gratitude, amazed that we can be a part of your church. So Lord, today we pray, may you be greater. May we be less. And may your great work be done here in this place through this relationship. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Amen. Dave, would you come? been a exciting nine months, to say the least. Who would have ever thought nine months ago that uh, we had our pastor and didn't know it? God works in mysterious ways, don't it? Yes. And to, yes, to him be the glory, too. And, and we do uh, somewhat feel like we may need to apologize to Dr. Van Ness. That, uh, mm. As many of you know, this was his assistant, and uh, we stole him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's good, though, there again, how the Lord has moved and, and led us to this point today. And it is good to have the, the Athertons here with us today. And so on behalf of the church and the church board, we just have a few gifts that we do want to give them. And so I'm going to do that right now. And we have something for each and every one of them. Uh, let me see. I want to thank Carol Ann Cunningham. Knowledge. Is that? Yeah, I think so. That's in? Okay. <laughs> Okay, knowledge, we've got you one. Levi, this has an L on it, so there's one for Levi. If you guys want to dig in there, you can go right ahead. <laughs> and Christopher, that has a C on it. So, oh, you can go on and open it. So <laughs> if, if you'd like, go right ahead and take a look at those. I don't know if you can see, it's this car things that uh, on the bags, and they're pulling them out. Water slide. Okay. 15 feet, he said. It's a 15 foot water slide that he's going to uh, get to play with. Well, we hope that uh, these guys are going to get enjoy these to uh, toys and everything that they've gotten here for too long here in the Zine area. I know that's probably the next step they need to go, but uh, we're glad to bring the family along with them too. And, and then just uh, here for uh, Pastor Mark and Sue, we just have a gift of appreciation too. Uh, it's not gifts, but gift cards and things Thank that you. we would like to present to you Thank guys. You. And we it. want to say welcome. Thank you. We're so Thank glad you. that you're here. Thank and you. Sue, it's good to have you here along with him too. Well, thank you very much. We are uh, excited. Sue and I both commented on the anxiety that was in our spirit this morning, not because it's of an installation, I think just because of what this day represents and the responsibility that we feel. Uh, I was trying to explain to Levi uh, yesterday that I'll no longer be going to Westchester and that'll no longer be my office. And 
and I'll be a pastor now. And I say, when you tell people that what your daddy does, you tell them he's a pastor. I said, Levi, what does a pastor do? Pastor. Yeah. He's, and he said, a pastor is someone who rules over the church. Who rules over. And uh, I have no desire to rule over the church. Uh, the message this morning uh, not only is for a congregation, it's for the pastor as well. Uh, this is God's church, uh, but it's our church as well. And I look forward to being able to serve with a strong board uh, that we can be able to uh, have vision for this church together and work through all of this together to see what God has for uh, people called Nazarene and Xenius. So uh, we're looking forward to it very much. Thank you for your attendance today. and. Uh, thank you to Dr. Van Ness for three and a half years that I've learned some things uh, in the other side of that. Um, you know, I wasn't expecting this on August 29th, as Dave just said. Um, when I stepped up there, I think on August 29th, and wasn't expecting that, but God seemed to do some things in the next nine months. And one thing I've learned from Doug is that Doug says this all the time, and he says it is what it is. Mm -hmm. And uh, it ended up being what it was. Yeah. And, <laughs> God ended up doing something, and we didn't want to miss out on that. That's where Sue and I ended up landing on this, that feel like God had really done something here, and we didn't want to miss out on that, even though it wasn't something that was kind of on our radar. So please pray for us, and uh, thank you uh, for uh, calling us and the confidence that you have been able to bestow upon us. Can we stand together? And I'm going to ask Dave B. if he would dis dismiss the service in prayer, please. Again, Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this glorious time in your church and uh, this time that we've had together and fellowshiped around your word. We pray that you would help us to be a church that lifts you higher, that, uh, that we become less, and that the people here in our community can come to know you in a personal relationship. We thank you for Mark and Sue and the boys and uh, pray your blessings on them now as they enter into this new transition in their life and that uh, you just continue to guide and direct them, help them as they continue to lead and guide and direct us as a church. We thank you again for this day and your uh, glorious blessings on our lives. It's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen.